Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. JJ, and alongside my wife, Liz, we have the honor and privilege of, of serving Journey Church as its pastors. And if you didn't know that, and there are a lot of people who don't. My wife was in the lobby right before service, and she saw a very beautiful couple and said hi to them and said, how long have you been coming? And they said, it's their first time. And then they asked her, how long have you been coming? <laughs> She's like, a long time. Day one, actually. <laughs> so if you didn't know that, uh, that's, that's who we are. We love our church so much. And uh, we haven't been in this building long, about a month and a half now, which is still a dream. It's still crazy. Um, but we want to say that we, we're, we're privileged that you're here. You are a VIP to us. Make sure you get your gift card on the way out. Uh, we're just so thankful that you chose to be with us on Father's Day. And if you're looking for a home church, we believe you found it. Look no further. You're surrounded by some of the most amazing, gracious people. Prove me right, Journey Church. Would you put your hands together and welcome all of our first-time guests? Thank you so much for being here. Hey, and keep it going for Journey Church Online. Journey Church Online. What's up, Journey Church Online? What's up, Boston and Georgia and Colorado and Washington and Texas and all those who join us regularly week in and week out? We love the extension of our church family. Thank you so much for being with us. Hopefully one day you'll get to visit or be with us in the building when your health situation uh, changes. We love you so much. Well, hey, I wanna get into the message today, but I do wanna let you know where we're headed as a church uh, in the month of July. Somebody say July. The Movies is coming to Journey Church. It is premiering. And At The Movies is a very fun sermon series where we're going to be showing movies slash preachings. And so some of your favorite movies are going to be on the screen and we're going to be preaching biblical truths from them. And I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a really good uh, time. You want to come, you want to invite a friend. We'll have free popcorn, free Snickers bars, free soda. It's going to be fun. And so you want to definitely be here. And then next Saturday, somebody say, next Saturday. Team conference is, is here in the building and it's the first time that all of our dream teamers, that's what we call our volunteers, will be able to celebrate here at Journey Church. And it's an all-day conference. I think it starts at what time, Pastor Jenny? 10 and it ends at some 10 to 4. Lunch is provided. No? Yes? Okay, good. <laughs> Lunch is provided. 10 to 4. And there's going to be um, some great speakers. I'll be speaking. Pastor Liz will be speaking. We, we're bringing in uh, pastors from outside of our church. And it's honestly a time just to say thank you, Dream Teamers, but also um, to invest in you, to grow and develop you. And also, if you're not a volunteer, it's the best time to come really hear the heart and culture of our church. And maybe, no pressure, but maybe you'll decide to become a part of this volunteer family that we call the Dream Team. I'd love for you to be there next Saturday, 10 a.m., right here in the building, June 26th. Well, we're in week two of a series we're calling Not My Master. Not My Master. Did anybody enjoy last week? Not My Master. I hope so. It's never easy to talk about money in church because the expectation is that there's going to be some type of offering raised. But we told you from the beginning that for the remainder of this series, what well, there you are, Dad, was in a suit. Let's go, player. You look great. I said nice things about you. You missed it. Now you're going to have to watch it online. Matthew, uh, we, uh, our series is, is always tough talking about money. People think we're going to raise an offering. And I made you a promise that not last week, not this week, and not next week, we will not be raising 
offerings here. We honestly want you to just get healthier and better in your money because you know how much money weighs on your mind and your heart and your soul and your family and your romance and your relationships and all of those things and your children. And the series comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It's on the screen behind me. If you have it, you can turn to it. If, if not, then you can just read along with us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I want to be clear that no one is advocating poverty in this series. Nobody is saying that if you love God, you got to, you know, drive, you know, a boom, boom car or, you know, you can't have nice things or, you know, you can never go on vacation and, you know, you got to always shop at Goodwill and nobody is saying those things. We're not advocating poverty. We are in opposition of idolatry. And there's a difference. And that word might sound old school to you. That might sound Old Testament to you. But you might come across it in your Bible. So it's good if somebody teaches you what that word means. It's really simple. Idolatry or to make an idol of is that even you believe in God, it's to make another God your God other than God, God, Jesus Christ, God. And for some people, you know, your wrestling match is not with making you know, Brahman, your God, or making Allah your God. For other people, your God, our God in life can oftentimes sometimes be money. And you might say, well, now me and Pastor JJ, never, never. I mean, I like it, but I don't know that it's my God. Well, if it tells you where to go, what to do, how much time to spend there, if it has control over your emotions, if it decides who you marry, if anything in life has that much control over your life, that thing has the potential to be your God. And that's what we're talking about today, that it's not a problem to have money. That's what we were talking about last week and in this series. It's not a problem to have money. Listen to me, you just can't let money have you. It's okay that if it's a passenger in your pocket, we talked about last week, but it cannot be the driving force of your life. It cannot be the one to call the shots in your life because money will always make decisions in the best interest of it but not necessarily in the best interest of you or your family or the people that you love. And today we're gonna flip the script. Today we're not gonna talk to you about how money should not be your master. Today we're gonna talk to you about what the Bible teaches on how to master your money. Master your money. Now I gotta give you a warning because the next two weeks are going to be real practical, real powerful, and real personal. We're gonna get all up in your bank statements. this, these next two weeks. And at times it might feel like a financial, like stewardship seminar or workshop, but I I promise you it's more than that. You have to understand that the Bible talks about money more than any other topic in the Bible, five times more than prayer, five times more than faith. And the reason is because the way you handle your money will either help or hinder your relationship with God. And so when God knows that, he knows I got to talk about it because it has such an effect on you. Now, I also have a subtitle for uh, this Master Your Money, but I need to lay a foundation of it. Now, this is not what I'm preaching about, but I'm preaching about it, okay? I just, I got to lay a foundation. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 32. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Pause. What Jesus is saying as he's teaching here is that when we care about money, we don't really care about money. We care about what money represents. And what money represents is safety and provision. 
So nobody's really in love. Nobody really looks at a $100 bill and be like, Ben, you so sexy, Ben. Oh my gosh. Benjamin, oh my goodness. Nobody ever looks. It's not the paper that we're in love with. It's what the paper represents. Are you with me? Say amen. It's the provision and the safety. And so Jesus says, well, if you're into provision and safety, then let me make a counterpoint to that point. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here is Jesus' counterpoint. The birds ain't got money, but they got everything that they need. In other words, here's my counterpoint to your point. I understand that money provides, but money is not your provider. Jesus ought to be your provider. God ought to be your provider. If you don't believe in Jesus or God, this is one of the things that he wants to be in your life, he wants to do in your life. He wants you to switch out providers from money and income, although you need it, and he's gonna say that you need it in a second, to him looking at the birds of the air. And then the next verse says, and are you not much more valuable than they? You are worth way more than a bird. Can any of you, and this is financial freedom here. I'm gonna go from verse 27 to verse 31. This is financial freedom. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, that was an ancient king in the Old Testament who was a baller, the richest king in all of history. And all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Look at verse 31. So do not worry. Somebody say, don't worry. And that is financial freedom. It's It's not not being rich. Financial freedom is not not being poor. Financial freedom is not being worried. God doesn't promise that everybody in this room will be a millionaire. Now, you might disagree or agree with me. I think he wants you to be wealthy so that you can bless other people, but it's not a promise. But here is the promise. You can be financially free. Money can be one of the things in life that you don't want to worry about. You want to worry about your health? I got it. You want to worry about your marriage? I get it. I get it. But what God is saying is I can get your life to a place, your mind and your bank account and your pockets where money is not one of the things that you worry about. And that's financial freedom. Next verse. So what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for the pagans? Those who don't believe in God run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. I love that God does not dismiss our needs. He acknowledges them. Verse 33, but seek first. Somebody say first. His kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you as well. Now, I tell you, I don't want to preach on this, but I need to lay a foundation. This is not my sermon. I'm going to hit it and I want to move on. But the foundation of financial freedom has got to be putting God first in your finances. And even though I'm not going to preach about this, and I talked about this last week, that means tithing. If you weren't here last week, that means giving God the first 10% of your income. You give it to him through the church. Every month that we get paid, I get paid. I always give God my first 10%. And it's not because God's broke. It's not because he needs money. It's not because he's trying to pay, you know, like I said, make pay role in heaven is because he wants to know that he's first in your life because God will never give you something that will replace him. And so, so like one day I I remember getting justice an iPad and he loved this so much. He spent so much time on it. And usually when I come back from a trip, because I travel, they meet me in the airport. And when I come into the car, they look at me and, oh, dad, it's so great. I missed you, man. Thank you. You're the best. Because I'm the provider and because I'm nice and they love me and all those nice things. One day I came from the airport and I'm expecting to see the smiles and I look in the car and Zane is, hey dad. Liz is like, hey baby, I miss you, you're so sexy. And then Justice, Justice. What's up dad? I said, no, 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 no. This simply will not do. 
I went around the car. I don't care if the cars were honking. I went around the car. I lowered that window and I yanked that iPad. And I said, I will not give you something that will take your attention off of me. Sometimes God has to take things in our life that have our eyes focused on them so that we can free focus on the one who gave us the thing in the first place. This is why Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says, will a mere mortal rob God? We read this last week. Yet you robbed me, but how are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings. You're not robbing him of money, you're robbing him of glory and attention. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. What's the curse? I'm gonna take it away from you. I'm gonna take it away from you. And so look at verse 10. But if you tithe, bring, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in your house. Test me in this. That's significant because God in other places of scripture says, do not test me. But there's one area in the Bible where he says, feel free to test me. And that's in your money and watch how I bless you. Says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be enough room to store. In other words, your problem today is you don't know where to find money. But God says, if you tithe and you trust me and you put me first, I'm going to put your financial situation in a position where now where you won't know where to find it, you won't know where to invest it. That's how I'm, you won't even know where to store it. Do I put it in this stock? Do I put it in that bond? Do I put it in this? You don't even know. Now, and listen, and that's all I'm going to say about tithing. That's not my preaching today. Because now that I said that, I need to apologize. As a pastor, I failed you in the four and a half years I've been your pastor. Or if you just got here, I didn't fail you because you just got here. But if you've ever been to church before, I want to apologize for every pastor because every pastor before you has failed you. Because all we've taught you, all we've taught, we taught, taught, taught and told, taught, all we have taught and told you is that if you just give, God will bless. But that's just not true. Because let's say that this water bottle represents all of God's blessings. And you can't, this, God's blessings are way more than a water bottle. You got to imagine that this is a hose connected to the Pacific Ocean. Because that is, that, is that is the limit of God's blessing. There is no limit. Amen. And this is your life. What good is it if you give and God says, oh, and I'm going to pour out blessings. And God gives. And he keeps pouring out. 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 It's going to take a second. And he keeps pouring out. And then after he pours out, what good is the outpouring of his blessing if there is a hole in your cup? If, 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 there's, if there's a hole in your cup, then it really doesn't matter what he gives you if what he gives you goes right through you. And a lot of people are like this cup. They work and they work and they work and then at the end of the year, when they look at their tax returns, they go, I made that much money? But if I made that much money, how come this much is in my bank account? Yeah, talk about it. I, I saw him pouring it out. I know I worked hard. Where is it? Where is it? And, and when we look at this, we'll start blaming people for, for the hole in our cup. We'll be like, it's not my fault. It's my kid's fault. Braces. It's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. It's not my fault, it's Biden's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's not my fault, it's Target's fault. Target will get you. Or here's the worst one, and we get here. It's not my fault, it's God's fault. He didn't provide like he said that he would. I tithed, I was faithful, and yet I'm still experiencing difficulty in my finances. The problem is not God's provision. He's got more than enough. The problem is yours and mine our management of money. That's why I got a subtitle. Title number one was, 
master your money. But the subtitle is the other 90. Because a lot of times in church, all you hear about is that 10%. But for the next two weeks, I want to talk to you about the other 90% of your money, how to deal with it and how to honor God with it and how to make sure your kids can go to college and how you can retire well. And let me just break down the other 90 really quickly. The other 90 is a combination of what you spend and what you make. That's, a com that's what the other 90 is. And if what you spend is greater than what you make, that equals, this is a simple financial formula, that equals stress. If what you spend is greater than what you make, that equals stress. If what you spend is greater than or equal to what you make, that also equals stress. So when what you make is greater than what you spend, you're behind on payments. But when what you make is greater than or equal to what you spend, that's called living paycheck to paycheck. It's just equal. I'm just barely making it. That's just stressful. The solution is when, by the way, this is Stephen right here. Happy Father's Day, Stephen. And I'm just, I wanted to point him out because he's the guy who works here at the stage and quality control. So you have to deal with that if you decide to ever bum rush the stage. He's right there. You have to deal with that. If what you spend is less than what you make, look what that equals. Freedom. So the only way to be financially free and not worry about money is to spend less than you make. I know this is like college algebra for some people in the room today, but you need to spend less than what you make. And the only way to make that happen is to either spend less or what? Make more. Spend less or make more. And so today I'm gonna teach you how to spend less. And next week I'm gonna teach you how to make more money. And I know it makes me feel comfortable. We're in church today. We're even talking about money. The devil wants you to be broken poor because then you can't help nobody. I'm telling you, God wants you to do better in your finances. And what I'm going to teach you next week is you want to come back for it. It's not going to be no, it's not going to be no, you know, sell essential oils. It's not going to be no become a Monet representative. Okay, I promise you the stuff I teach is going to be real. It's in the Bible. But today, that's why the, the actual title of today, I got the longest title in the world. Are you ready? Master Your Money, The Other 90, Part 1. <laughs> yeah, and next week is going to be Part 2, and we're going to talk about how to make more, all right? And, 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 and it's important to talk about how to spend less before I tell you how to, how to make more, because if you never figure out how to spend less, it doesn't matter how much you work. You'll always be spending. Because some of y'all think that if you make more, you won't be stressed. But when you make more, guess what ends up happening? You spend more. And so first we gotta say, you gotta spend less. And so uh, the only way I can teach this to you is through nutrition. My wife and I have really gotten into fitness over the last couple of years, definitely over COVID. We really wanted to hone in. I had a therapist tell me, you can either spiral down during this or you can spiral up. We decided to spiral up. And so we've been getting into fitness. And one of the most discouraging things has been counting calories. If you, if you work out really well, like if you work out really, really well, you can lose like 200 calories in a half an hour. And that's like if you book it. If you crush it, you can, you can burn 200 calories in a half an hour. That's working really hard. Now, I just want to put that in perspective when I compare it to the food that you and I eat. So you work really hard. And you, you're 200 calories a half, and you're proud of yourself. 200 calories, 100, not 20, not two, 200. <laughs> Come on, they're all encouraged. This is a picture of an Oreo. <laughs> I love Oreos. They look delicious. I'm ready to mess up Oreos for you and I. These are how many calories are in Oreos. 160 calories for three cookies. 
So if you eat four cookies, you just under, the sweat, your heart almost popped out of your chest <laughs> while you were working out. And all of that done in four cookies. Let me show you this one. I got to do it. I got to do it. Krispy Kreme donuts. Mm. In one donut. Your whole 30 minutes right there. In one, and that's in one. And don't nobody ever eat one Krispy Kreme. You can't eat just one. You know who can stop and just eat one Krispy? Jesus is the only one who has the power to resist the temptation of more than one Krispy Kreme donut. Outside of Jesus, you know you're going at least three donuts deep. At least. And if the hot and ready light is on, four. And we'll apologize in the morning. And some of y'all thinking, what, you know, that's all the health, that's all the, the, the snack people, Pastor JJ. I'm a healthy person. I'm a healthy So this doesn't apply to me. Oh, you mean you eat things like this? I'm healthy. I'm a vegan. I'm, I eat avocado, aguacate. It's avocado in Spanish. How many calories in the avocado? 227. So in 30 minutes, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Look at me. Look at me. Eyes over here. Eyes over here. It doesn't matter how hard you work in life if you don't fix your appetite for possessions, property, and pleasures. If you don't rein in your appetite for things first, one nutritionist said you can never outwork a bad diet. Let me tell you, you can never outwork a bad budget. You can never outwork a greedy heart. You can never outwork an appetite for possessions, property, or pleasures. And so we gotta, we gotta reduce, we gotta reduce, we gotta reduce. And here's the problem. If we don't control our appetite, eventually our appetite will take control of us. And, and in, in health speak, that becomes obesity. But in financial speak, there's another word. It is so bad. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if there's any kids in the room today. It's a four-letter word. And I know four-letter words are bad. And so I'm just saying, if you have children in the room, you need to just go ahead and cover their ears at this moment. At, you know, at this church, we keep it very honest. We keep it very real. Sometimes we say things that offend people. So I know, I'm just, just close their ears. I'm, it's a four-letter word. I apologize in advance. But if you have an appetite that's out of control, sometimes, and you do this, you do this, and you don't tell your kids, but you need to tell them that you do this. Are you ready? <laughs> Put it on the screen. Some of y'all are like, I was about to find a new church. <laughs> I was about to find a new church. Debt. You want to talk about not my master? Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is what? Let me just say, they call it MasterCard for a reason. It's not your credit card. It's your master. It owns you. Debt is a problem, y'all. Debt is a problem in our country. The average U.S. home a couple years ago had $16,000 of debt. The average U.S. home. Credit card debt today, the average family has six to $8,000 worth of credit card debt. And it's a problem. You know, one of the things that allowed Liz and I to start this church was obviously God, obviously we had a great team, but one of the things that allowed us to start this church was the fact that we had zero debt as a family. 
zero debt. We just paid for everything that we could. We got aggressive in paying off our debt and we almost got into a hole because when I started making good money, real good money was right before we left it all. And she was like, I want a nice house. She's always wanted a nice house and every husband wants to do nice things for their wives. And so she, and I was working in Lakeland. I was working in Orlando. She said, here, right in the middle. You know where right in the middle is? I was like, where? She was like, uh, celebration. Now, if you live in Florida, if you're one of our online church members, you have no idea what that is. Celebration was a town that was bought by Disney then sold back to the city. And it, it looks just like a town out of a Disney movie. And it's beautiful, but it's expensive. And we went there and we picked out all the furnishings and we picked out, and right when it came time to really make the decision and sign and go forward with it, she asked me, she said, do you want to do it? And I told her, I said, I, I want this house, but I don't want this debt. I don't want our family to be put in a position, remember I said this, where we have to say no to something that God might have for us in the future. And we didn't know that the church was ahead of us, but we knew that something was ahead. And I said, babe, and I feel something coming. Honestly, we thought that God was asking us to be missionaries in Africa. That was, it was either Journey Church or African missionaries. And we're like, either way, they don't pay a lot. So I don't wanna be in a position where I can't say yes to the destiny that God has over my life. You know, if I was the enemy, I wouldn't come at you with crack cocaine. If I was the enemy, I'd come at you with car payments. Wow, that's good. I wrote it like this, because if he can keep you in debt, he can keep you from your destiny. Wow. If he can keep you in debt, he can, he can keep you from getting married. I can't tell you how many couples I've talked to said, I'd love to get married, we just can't afford it right now. Wow. If he can keep you in debt, he can keep you from becoming parents. Can't tell you how many couples, I'd love to have kids, just can't afford kids right now. If he can keep you in debt, he can keep you from being a stay-at-home mom or dad. Can't tell you about how many moms and dads I've talked to and said, oh, I'd love to stay at home. I'd love to raise my kids at home just doing that, but I can't do it because our family can't survive on just a one-income household. If he can keep you in debt, he can keep you from taking vacations. Now listen, I know Orlando's beautiful, but four staycations in a row, that's a lot even for Orlando. But you can't leave the city. You can't leave the state. Why? Because you're in debt. He can keep you from taking risk and he can keep you from gen being generous. Let me just summarize it right now really quickly. Never, ever, ever, unless it's your home, don't buy now and pay later. That's Bible teaching. Don't buy now and pay. Now, I didn't say don't buy it. You want a jet ski, buy it when you got money for it. You want a brand new car, buy it when you got money for it, when you can afford it. Someone says, Pastor, I can afford it. Can you? Can you afford it? Or when you said you can afford it, what you really mean is you can afford the payments. Yeah. A lot of people say you can afford things. What they really mean is, well, I can afford $200 for five years. No, you can't. That's not called affording. That's called being in debt. And so I want to give you three prayers. I will get make it spiritual again. I want to give you three prayers. Three prayers you can pray to avoid debt. And if you're in debt, get out of debt. Well, how do I get out of debt so fast? You lower your expenses. So you can take the extra money and put it towards paying off debt. All right? So get out of debt. If you're in it, if you're not in debt, stay out of debt. And the way you do that is lowering your expenses. You want to make more money? Lower your expenses. Here's the first prayer. Prayer number one. I'll give you three prayers if you're taking notes. Prayer number one. God, give me self-control. Say it with me. God, give me self-control because you'll never learn to master your wallet if you never learn to master your wants. Uh, and if I was the enemy and I was trying to lock you up, like I said, I'd come at you with, with, with debt. I'd come at you with wants and desires. And so I got this little, this little thing right here because I'm the enemy and I'm fishing, okay? I'm fishing for you, but I'm never gonna fish with just a regular hook. If I'm gonna catch you, I'm gonna have to put some bait on this hook to get you, okay? And so, you know what? I'm gonna try and get you 
in debt. I'm gonna try and raise your expenses. So the very first thing that I'm gonna put on this hook to get you in debt, here we go. I'm coming for you. Come on, I need my fix. I need my morning Joe. You know that if you got a, a, a cup of coffee at Starbucks every day you went to work for one year, you would have spent $1,200 at Starbucks in a year. But it don't seem a lot because it's $5 at the time. Or seven if you get venti. <laughs> Some drinks. That's a throwback to an old sermon. And, and we'll just get it. And you know what the worst part is about this? You can make it for 25 cents at home. You can make it for 25 cents at home, but no. Instead, you're gonna pay for the cup that literally has a siren as its logo. Are y'all familiar with Greek mythology? This was the mermaid lady who sang songs while sailors crashed their boats into the rocks. That is their logo. <laughs> and we're like, accurate logo. Just crash our finances. For some of y'all, it's not coffee. You're not really big coffee drinkers. For some people, um, when the enemy wants to get you on the hook, yeah, he's going to get you. He's going to, sorry, he's taking a second. He's going to get you. I think you got it. Just stab it in there. Don't bleed. Hey, I know I talked good about them last week. But Chick-fil-A makes some expensive chicken. And if some of y'all just learn how to cook, goodness gracious. Can I talk to my young people right now? You don't know how much money you will save by not eating out. You will spend so much money. When I look back at my college days and how much money, I could be, I could be living in a mansion right now <laughs> if it wasn't for Chick-fil-A. I love you, Chick-fil-A. Thank you for all you've done for my life. Thank you for playing Christian music over the radio when I get there. Thank you for always saying my pleasure. But I can't eat here every day. <laughs> Because that's how the devil gets you. You say, oh, well, you know, it's just, you know, $4 for a sandwich. It's just $7 for a meal. Yeah, but all that adds up. And you could be putting that towards getting out of debt. Yeah, that's good. And if that don't get you, sometimes it's, uh-oh, this one's heavy. <laughs> Gucci. <laughs> Let's go, Gucci. Yeah, you want nice clothes, right? This is good. And you know what the best part is? You can get a Gucci credit card. And you don't have to pay for 18 months. But 18 months is coming. Some of y'all in the room right now are praying for Jesus to return before your credit card <laughs> payments are due. Like it comes due in 18 months, and it's going to come due with all that interest. And I see some of y'all wearing Gucci, and y'all like, well, it's okay, you know, because I didn't pay full price. The way some of y'all do math blows my mind. Because I love my wife, Liz, because for the most part, she shops at Goodwill. But every once in a while, she'll see a store where something's real cheap. She'll be like, babe, it's worth this much for real, though. And she'll always tell me, she's like, babe, it's 50% off. And I'm like, yeah, babe. They, they, they word it that way. But what they don't tell you is that 50% off is still 50% on. 
It's still 50% on, babe. And then she's like, no, 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 but listen, let me tell you. Then she does the math that we all do. <laughs> babe, it's, it's buy one, it's 50% off. That means if you buy two, you get one free. <laughs> Technically, if buy one 50% off, so if you get two, you get free. And it's like, and if you get three, <laughs> now you're making money. That's the cool. And then this one, this one, this one, this one's real bad. Because this one, you have one already. And it works. But your neighbor just got one. Oh yeah. And his runs on the sun. <laughs> his runs on batteries. And so even though you got a car and 82% of the world doesn't, which means that just by owning a car, you are the top 18% richest people in the world. Because your car doesn't have the right logo or assembly or, or brand because your car runs on gas. And I know we got to save the universe and the environment and all that. I'm pro-green and all that good stuff. Don't get into debt for saving trees. I'm sorry. I want you to have an electric vehicle when you can afford it. But just because he got a car and she got a car, now I'm going to get a car. Oh, and we do it. We get on the hook. Why? Because he can get you in for no money down. It went no money down. Yeah. And it's crazy to me because the same people that can't afford to give God 10% don't mind giving CarMax 12%. They don't mind giving American Express 15%. Can't give God 10, but yeah, you know, I'll give it. And this is what the enemy does. He tries to get you on the hook. And you know what the worst part about all of those wants are? Is that once you get it, you don't even want it anymore. Once you get the shirt, once you get in the car... The new car smell fades. Once you spend the money on the big screen, they come out with one that is big screen, curved, and in 4D. And now the thing you spend all the money on, it's not, even, it's not even up to date anymore. I wrote it like this, and I pray this resonates with you. Because when you work to pay off debt, you're not working for your future dreams, but your past desires. Now I can't build the future that I want because I'm still paying for the past that I no longer want. I wanted it then, and the life that I do want, now I can no longer have. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say no for a little while so that we can say yes for the rest of our lives. This is the second prayer. God, teach me delayed gratification. Somebody pray this prayer with me. God, teach me delayed gratification. I have a video, but I don't have time to show it. And it was a video of a Stanford experiment done in the 1970s called the Marshmallow Experiment. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of this Marshmallow Experiment. If we have time, I'll show it in the second service. This, these, these experimenters, these scientists, they got this marshmallow and they put it on a table and they brought in children and they set them at the table. And these children stared at this marshmallow and the experimenter said, if you, you can eat this marshmallow now if you want. But if you don't, they were only gone for 15 minutes. They said, if you don't, I will come back in 15 minutes with another marshmallow. So your marshmallow will double if you just wait. Better will come. A lot of kids failed that experiment. <laughs> they saw that marshmallow, they one lady in the video, one little girl, the experimenter could not even finish her sentence. She said, here is one marshmallow. You can eat it right now. She went. And then when she left the room, the little girl just followed her out. 
There was no wait. There was no wait. The crazy thing about this experiment is that the kids who waited, the kids who believed that better was coming if they could just hold off on their appetites, they followed up with them 10, 20 years later in the 80s and in the 90s. And all of those kids that exhibited delayed gratification did better on their SATs, got better jobs, and suffered from less behavioral disorders and situations. Why? It makes sense you would do better on an SAT because if you're in college and you think to yourself, let me not hang out now so I can study, so that I can get the job I want so that I can hang out later. So I know a lot of people who can't hang out later because they didn't do the studying now. Now they're working to make up that money that they could have made if they just gotten the right job if they had gotten the right grades. Delayed gratification is not just something that'll benefit you financially. It's something that'll benefit you in your marriage too. If there's anybody dating right now, listen, studies show couples that wait to be intimate until marriage end up being married for longer. Why? Because delayed gratification. So they don't fall into adultery when they get married. Because yeah, I can have sex with this girl now, but then I'll be paying the price with my family later. Or I can say no to being unfaithful now and I can say yes to many years of a happy marriage. Delayed gratification can bless every area of your life. If you just understand, if you resist now, the reward comes later. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of people who work hard succeed and you can be sure that those in a hurry will become poor. If you rushing into expenses, a lot of people rushing to make money, get rich quick. A lot of people rushing to get into that house, rushing to get into that vehicle, rushing to get that up-to-date electronic. And if you rushing, 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 you don't understand that the, don't, don't get into debt for that. The greater reward comes later. So look at the verse, the plans of people. Here's the opposite of rushing. Are you ready? Make a plan. That's the opposite. If you're in debt right now, you need to sit down with your wife. If you're single, you need to sit down with yourself. And you say, self, what do I have to say no to now so that I can say yes for the rest of my life? And you need a plan. And so maybe if you're a woman, you got to look at that budget and you got, you know what? I like my nails. Real quiet. Don't come for my nails, Pastor JJ. Don't come for my nails. I will cut you. Don't come. From my Can I just help you? That might be a good thing to cut out. How much you spend? How much you spend on nails, babe? You don't get your nails done, but normally, thirty-five dollars for my, my, my mom spends on it. And how often you get your nails? Every two weeks. You know what? Can I just help you? I've never met a guy in my entire life who has ever said, "Wow, look at the set of nails on that girl." Ladies, we don't care. I've never met a guy. Look at the set on her. You think they're real? <laughs> they're real or fake? What you think? Never. So maybe, I'm not saying you can't get your nails done forever, but maybe you say no for a little while. So you can say yes to getting them done for the rest of your life. Fellas, maybe, maybe you don't say no on the golf course. Golf is a super expensive sport. I went one time, I said, nope. I'm gonna say no for the rest of my life. <laughs> maybe, maybe families, maybe we don't need Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Showtime Plus Plus. Maybe we don't need them all for now. 
Just say no for now. Just so we can say yes for a little later. Parents, I know it's child abuse to not get your kids everything that they want. But maybe the best thing we can give them is not a toy or a trinket or an iPad. Maybe the best thing we can give them is a financial education. That's always say, sorry, puppy, I can't get this for you now because mommy and daddy don't have the money. Let me teach you about money. I'm not gonna put it on my card so that you can, uh, you can smile like I love you, but let me teach you. I'm not gonna, don't pay for things you don't have the money for, puppy. It's not good for you because you can wander into debt, but you can never wander out of debt. You need a plan. You need a plan to get out. And here's the last prayer. God, fill my blank. God, fill my blank. God, teach me delayed gratification. That's the second one. God, fill my blank. Now, I have to leave it blank because I, I wondered what you thought this point might be. God, fill my wallet. God, fill my IRA. God, fill my 403. God, fill my bank account. God, fill my house. No, here it is. God, fill my heart. Psalms 37, four. It's one of the most mistaught scriptures. So God, fill my heart is the third point. God, fill my heart. Third prayer. God, fill my heart. Psalms 37, four. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's one of the most mistaught scriptures. I'm gonna correct it for you. And he will give you the desires of your, say it with me. Say it one more time. Now, this is significant because many people read this scripture and they go, keep it on the screen. Because they go, oh, okay. So if I serve God, he'll give me everything I want. God will, that's what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna expect God to be my Santa. I'm gonna write him a list of everything that I want. He's gonna give me because those are the things in my heart. But God is so wise when he wrote the scripture. What he's saying is, delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, enjoy me. Because if you learn to enjoy me, I will give you the desires of your heart because I am what you desire. See it? Delight yourself in the Lord. Make me the thing your heart wants because when I'm the thing your heart wants, you'll have the thing your heart wants. Oh God. I'll give you a quick story about what this means and, and how this relates to you and I. I want to tell you the story about last week. It's a true story. People ask, is it a true story? Is it a true story? So I make up stories. Is it a true story? When I thought my car was stolen, coming back from where? Where were we coming from? Ohio. Ohio. No, Oklahoma. Ohio. 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 Been a lot of places these last two weeks. <laughs> they both started with O. Ohio. Coming back from Ohio. And I don't know if you've ever parked in the Orlando International Airport. It's very large. I do mind games to remember where I parked. Anybody else? Yes. You know? And, and I, I still remember where I parked. It was N1. And so the basketball playoffs were going on. So I was like, N1. Foul, N1. I was like, babe, I got this. She's like, write it down. I'm like, I got this, N1. I'm not gonna forget N1. <laughs> So we get off the airport, we come, and we go to N1. And I go to N1, and my car's not there. And I go, all right, maybe I got the floor wrong. Because I could have forgotten the little animal. Have you ever been to Orlando National Airport? Each floor has animals. Beaver, jaguar, panther, tortoise, I don't know. I was like, you know what? I didn't take note of the animal. 
So maybe, so I go up to the third floor. Nothing in N1. I'm like, I know it's not the fourth floor because that's the top. And I'm pretty sure I saw a roof when I parked. I go down to the first floor, that's car rental. I go, somebody stole my car. I said, babe, somebody stole our car. She's like, why would somebody steal our old car? <laughs> I, was, I don't know, maybe I didn't lock it. I don't know. Somebody stole our car. And I said, and the worst part about this is I'm gonna call the police on that emergency phone or the lady that works there. And she's going to tell me, I know what she's gonna tell me, babe. Cause I bet you they get a thousand fake calls every day. And I bet you they tell every single person on the end of that phone, sir, your car's not stolen. You probably just forgot where you parked it. And that's what I said, and I'm gonna have to fight with this lady. And I'm gonna have to tell her. I don't even wanna wanna go through that. I'm gonna have to tell her, no ma'am, N1, basketball, I know. Where I parked, I don't even wanna go through all that. So I picked up the phone and I'm like, so the lady picks up, I go, ma'am, I know you get this a lot. I know this is probably the 30th time someone has told you, but regardless of, I am not most people, man. And I just want you to know that I believe my car was stolen. I said, ma'am, I know for a fact I parked in N1 and I have been to N1 up and down every floor here and there is no car. She said, sir. I said, yeah. She said, what terminal? I said, thank you very much. <laughs> and I went over, and I was on the wrong terminal because we took two different airplanes, another one to get there, and another airline to come back, and they parked. I was like, dang it! I was that person. <laughs> Just in case you think your car was stolen at Orlando International. It wasn't. You forgot where you parked. True story. So, why do I tell you this story? As I'm, as I'm running around the many floors, of the parking lot in Orlando International. What do you think is going through my heart and my mind? It would be easy to lie to you or exaggerate to you, but I promise you this is what was going on in my mind. The first thing I thought of was this. I cannot wait to see Liz's new car. Because I've just seen God move so often in my life that I knew if something was taken away, he was going to bring something better. So I said, she's been wanting one with Bluetooth. I can't wait till she gets the one with Bluetooth. It's gonna be good. I said, I just, honestly, I was excited because money is not my master. God is my provider. So I was so pumped. And here's the second thing that I was thought, that I thought of. And I said, and if it's stolen, honestly, it's okay because it's just a car. And a car is just money. And I've, but I've got something, it was a, I've got something money can't buy. I can get another car, but it's okay. I've got a peace that money can't buy. I've got a joy that money can't buy. I got a hope that money can't buy. I got a strength that money can't buy. Honestly, I thought my car was stolen and I was good. Here's my last, my last saying, you can write this down. Cause when God is all you need, you'll be surprised at how little you want. So can I speak to those in the room today who feel like their life would be better if they could just have blank. I promise you, what you think you need is not what you want. What you really need, you got a void in your life that hotel rooms are not gonna fill, that massages are not gonna fill, that Teslas are not gonna fill, 
that bigger homes are not gonna fill, that a title is not gonna fill. You gotta avoid in your heart and in your life. I promise you that only God can fill. And until you fill that void, you're gonna be dropping paper like it's nothing, trying to, trying to fill that empty void. I promise you, God is the only one who can fill that void. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room today, and you've got a void inside your heart because you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. When I count to three, I want you to raise your right hand as a signal and a sign. Come on, I know you know who you are. It's been a while since you've been to church. It's been a while since you've been exposed to this God thing. You're watching online right now. And it's been a while since you've made this decision. And, and, and you're wondering, do I even really have a relationship with God? If you're in this room, when I count to three, I want you to raise your right hand as a signal to the Lord. Jesus, I need you to fill this void because money can't do it for me. Money can't do it for me. That's you all over this room. When I say three, shoot your right hand up high. Nobody's looking, but God is. I am on three. If that's you, one, two, here's your moment. One, two, three, right now. Shoot your right hand high out. Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand, sir. I see that hand, sir. That's the best Father's Day gift you can give your family. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Go ahead and put your hand down. We're not going to let you pray this next prayer alone, but we do want to pray it with you. So everybody in the room, if you can hear me, would you pray this prayer with me? Worship team. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, I've got a void. It feels empty. And there are no cars, there are no homes, there are no paychecks that can fill this deficit. I'm in debt, but it's not in money. It's in my life. I got a sin debt. And I need you to pay it for me today. Today, I make you the need of my life as all of the wants fade away. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, give it up for all those who raised their We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.